just a few minutes. It, it's a joy uh, to celebrate this, this great day. And uh, in a moment or two, I'm going to just uh, reflect on a verse from the Bible. And we'll do that just for a few moments. Uh, but before that, a story, and maybe some dads here will resonate with it. <clears throat> but the story goes of some children that uh, decided that they'd like a, a, a pet in the house. And dads and mums, you know what kids are like? They go on and on and on and on, hoping that eventually you'll cave in. I never caved into a dog, but we did have a rabbit once. It's a long story, but anyway, we, we, uh, we, we had a rabbit, Twitcher. And, uh, yeah. You're trying to get me onto the story of the rabbit. I'm not going there, okay. But, but anyway... These children went on and on until one day mum and dad gave in and says, we're going to have a pet hamster. It's easy to look after kids. You'll be able to just look after it. It'd be so easy for us to have the hamster. And so they went to the pet shop. They bought the hamster. And the family decided to call it Danny. Danny, the name. Because every hamster, every pet's got to have a name. And they called it Danny. Six months later, mum's forebodings, particularly about having the pet, were realised Because the only person that was cleaning out the hamster was her. The kids had sort of forgotten about the responsibilities of caring for their long-wished-for pet. And so that awkward conversation came. Mum went to the kids as they were watching TV. And she said to them, kids, um, we're going to get rid of the hamster. We found a new home for Danny. And she was expecting the kids to kick off. But they seem remarkably accepting of it and says, well, he's been around for a time and uh, we're going to miss him. The conversation developed and mum says, I told you that it was your responsibility to look after the hamster and you've left all the work to me. The kids replied, well, if he didn't eat so much and wasn't so messy, maybe we could keep him. Mum was insistent. Nope. We found a new home for Danny, so go and get the cage, and we're going to take him away. Then it dropped with the kids, and they said as one, Danny, we thought you were talking about Daddy. (laughs) 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 And if only dads didn't eat so much and make so much mess, we'd be okay, wouldn't we? (laughs) Now to the Bible, because this is a Christian meeting this morning. You realize that, don't you? So 1 John chapter 3 verse 1 is the verse this morning for a moment or two. Trying to land an appropriate message into a Father's Day message. And here's John, one of the disciples of Jesus, towards the end of his life and towards one of the latter writings of the New Testament as we know it. And uh, in the Bible we have chapter divisions. It's just to help us come to terms with lots of writing. And not all the chapter divisions sort of fit as perhaps as appropriate as they should. So the previous two verses to this are speaking about some sense of God's blessing on our lives. And in case we don't get it, the writer says, See what great love the Father has lavished upon us, that we should be called the children of God, and this is what we are. Let me read it one more time. See what great love the Father has lavished upon us, that we should be called children of God, and this is what we are. 
you want a title for this morning, it's simply this. It's my passion over the next few minutes that you'll see it. You'll see it. I'm thankful today that we can celebrate in all sorts of ways fathering. And let me tell you that within the fun element of church, we've no problem with that. We take fathering very, very seriously. We seek to champion it amongst the blokes of our church. And we recognize that there's a fathering spirit taking place through people that maybe have never yet become biological fathers. And I'll refer to that briefly towards the end of the meeting. And I've had the privilege of being a dad. And uh, this year, uh, I'm going to have the privilege of being a granddad. You see, I told you I was getting old. And sort of November the 17th. Um, and we're all eagerly and excitedly working towards that. I hope it's a boy because I want to teach him leg spin bowling. But, you know, but, but um, who knows? Never had two great kids. Girls, by the way, never been an issue in that, that sense. And uh, while Sharon has a particular relationship as a mum to our girls, I'm thankful that as a dad I've got a great open relationship with my girls that are now, of course, have matured into womanhood. So it's a blessing to be able to share. And uh, it may be that today you've been on the end of poor fathering experiences or... In reflection, it may be that sometimes you feel you've messed up in the brokenness of your life. I want to say there's always a pathway to God to help us go forward and not just reflect on what's taken place in the past. So we love fathering. And uh, we love all that it speaks into our community. And we love to honor this special day of the year. Because we recognize both spiritually and society the truth of what we sought to celebrate already. And our call this morning in the verse is to really see how much God as a father loves us and how much that can impact our lives. The statistics for errant and estranged fathers, particularly in a Western society, continue to steeple with lots of men today carrying lots of pain Because they are not in a context of their children's world. I want to say that God is never running from us. He's always running to us. So how can we see? I want to make a couple of points very briefly and then just dwell on the third thing for a few moments. Because today, as a preacher, I gather and realize whether it's drawing people to faith for the first time. And Christian will give an invitation to do that as we come towards the end of the service. Or whether it's building up the faith of the believers, and we seek to do both on a Sunday in Arena Church. There's a sense where the preacher, in one essence, is helpless. Because all the preacher, the teacher, the speaker can do is to prepare well and give their best. But there's something that can take place in our hearts today that I can't do. Only God can. I can help us, friends, see it, but only he can bring us to a place of seeing it. So how can we see? How can we see afresh this morning that the Father has lavished his love upon us, that we should be called the children of God? And this is what we are. Well, firstly, by hearing through declaration. The writer to the Romans says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 
it may be a church service like this where somebody gets up at the front and gives a message and begins to speak from the word. Something begins to stir in our hearts because we begin to listen not only with the physical ear but with the ear of our hearts. It may be that you've spoken to people in smaller contexts. It may be that somebody has been the declarer to you over a coffee, even a cappuccino or a latte or a a cup of tea, but somebody's declared the message. It may be that you've been reading a book or a pamphlet and the ear of your heart has been drawn to what is being said. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and then by receiving application. Again, the writer of the New Testament says, as you've received Christ Jesus the Lord, so continue to walk in him. There's a story that will be rolled out thousands of times today across the nation from Luke chapter 15, where we read the story of the prodigal or the lost son. And we realize that in Eastern culture, he had every right to go to his father and say, actually, I'd like my inheritance now. The problem was he went to a far country, squandered it in wasteful living. Had loads of friends when he had money, had no friends when he got no money. And Jesus, as we've said before, often used stories and used hyperbole, extremes, exaggerations to get across the point. And so he depicts a Jewish boy feeding pigs. There could be no greater shame in terms of their culture. And he says that the young boy came to his senses so this is crazy. I mean, I'll go back to my father. I know that I'm no longer worthy to be called a son. But I'll go back and be a servant. It's got to be better than this. And there's some principles of turnaround that we're not going to dwell at this morning. In that pigsty, that are a great lesson for us today. There was an expression of repentance. The original word in the New Testament is metanoia. Turning around. Going in an opposite direction. And we see there that the son expressed knowledge. He realized that he'd done wrong. Then a determination. I'm going to go to my father. Then a sorrow for what had taken place. And finally, an action. And a few weeks ago, we had Teen Challenge in the church. And Pastor Wayne Raper brought a great message on the running father. Can you remember What a great message. And uh, Wayne did it in his own inimitable way. And he reminded us that the father was forever looking for the son coming. And you know your own kids, friends, you recognize the silhouette at a thousand paces. There's something about their gait, the way that they look. They're distinct from anybody else, you know, because they're family. So the father looks day after day after day, never giving up hope. Isn't that a great lesson for us? If you've got errant kids today, never give up hope. Because there's a day when they're going to appear on the horizon again and run to the father. And he saw it one day. And the father didn't stand aloof and removed and say, yeah, he needs to come to me and say, sorry. The hurt is caused, the pain is caused. He ran to the son. And of course, all the descriptiveness of the robe and the ring and the shoes and all that it meant. And a great party, a great celebration. One that was lost is found. One that was dead is alive. The father welcoming the son back to the fold. And he did that by receiving of God's love. And today you can receive The love of God. You know something? You may have been a believer for years and you can receive again the love of God today. Let it wash over you. As you've received Christ Jesus the Lord, so continue to live in him. 
And then the third thing, which I want to dwell at just for a few moments more. By hearing through declaration. By receiving through application. And then by seeing through revelation. The Son, Jesus, and the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, are working our lives to bring us to a relationship with God. You may say, well, that, that seems a bit... Rem- How can God be interested in me? I've done this wrong, I've done that wrong, I've never given him a thought. And I'm not one of them religious types. But the thing is, all over this room this morning are just ordinary people who've experienced the revelation of understanding that God loved them. For some, it's been years and years ago, and as they've received Christ Jesus the Lord, so they've walked in him. For other people, it's been more recent, and God has taken over their lives. Do you realize I was telling a Christian this last week that in the last 17 months, about 30 people baptized in the arena. That's fantastic, isn't it? Fantastic. And all over this room this morning, people that have had a change experience with the Lord. And it's for you as well. It's for you. I can't do it. All I can do this morning is help you come to a place where you'll see. And in Romans 8, 17, it says, So don't live in a spirit of fear again. Rather, receive the spirit of adoption, all the rights and privileges of a son. As the Holy Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. You see, God wants you to see this morning that God is not like a father. He is a father. He is a father. He's a father to the fatherless. He's a father to the lonely. He's a father to the failures. He's not like a father. He is a father. He comes this morning to say, I want to father your life. What does all this mean? This new liberating, empowering relationship with God. Seeing that he's lavished his love upon us. That we should be called his sons and daughters. Well, let me give you a few things. And they're a great example to earthly dads as well. From the great heavenly father. Number one, love. As we've already read about in our verse. He's lavished his love upon us. Now, I don't know about you, but that word lavish doesn't speak to me of meanness and stinginess. He's poured his love over us. And then number two, he's accepted us. In the story I've already alluded to in Luke 15, there were no ifs and buts. The father wrapped his loving arms around the son and said, you're accepted, not back as a servant, but you're accepted as the restored son. Isn't that amazing? And then the security. Romans 8.15, where we receive the Spirit, so we're born into the kingdom, and we receive all the rights and privileges of adoption. You may have seen my two friends at our recent, my recent birthday celebration, Kevin and Hazel. I was his best man, he was my best man. We spent two years together in Barber College, and we've been pals ever since. They've got a grown-up family of four. But in the last few years, they felt this amazing call to walk a broken pathway of adopting two children, as you saw on the day. They're very seriously physically disabled. I said to Kevin, I couldn't do it, mate. I couldn't do it. He said, well, God's given us a grace to do it. He says, no, I see that. It's all over you. And they have adopted those children into the family. And those two broken little kids have all the rights and privileges of Andrew and Sean and Nathan and Lisa, their kids, through marriage. And that's it with God, you see. He draws us into all the rights and privileges of what it means to be a follower of him. It's amazing. And then there's an example. We're to follow in his ways. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1. He says, follow me. Follow my example. 
And he talks there about love and light and wisdom. And then there's generosity. Amazing generosity. Where Jesus' teaching in Luke 11 says, If your earthly father knows how to give you good gifts, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those that ask him? Generous. And then discipline. Hebrews 12, 5 to 11. Where God says, those whom I love, I discipline. Say, oh, I grew up with a disciplinary, disciplinarian. I couldn't speak. I couldn't put a word. No, we're not talking about that. We're talking about God taking all of our lives and loving us just as we are, but loving us far too much to let us stay like that. To shape us, to mold us, to ground us, to prepare us for works of service. The meaning of the word discipline sits closely alongside disciple. And if we will wholly give our lives to God, yes, there's times he'll cut across us. Yes, there's times he'll rebuke us in our heart. Yes, there's times he'll bring correction. But all motivated with a loving desire to see us become all that he's destined us to be. He that begun a good work in you will perform it till the day of Jesus Christ. God's a starter, but praise God he's a finisher. And then finally, affirmation. Matthew 3.17. God spoke from heaven and says, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Before he healed a blind person, before he taught him water into wine, before the kingdom had began to spill out through his gospel preaching, God says, I love him anyway. I love him anyway, he's my son. And that's what he says over us today, friends. It's not about being, it's about It's not about doing, it's about being. He loves us. He loves us. He loves us. He affirms us today. As Philip Yancey said in that great book on grace, there's nothing that we can do to make God love us more. And there's nothing we can do to make God love us less. And there's a verse in Hebrews that I shared with the elders on Monday night that we pray that the eyes of our heart will be enlightened. And I pray today, on this brilliant Father's Day celebration here in Arena Church, that you'll see it. It may be for the first time that you realize that God has lavished his love upon you through the death of Jesus on the cross. It may be that you're a believer. You've heard those whispers saying, I don't think God loves you. I don't think God's bothered about you. And today, the love of God will just be lavished over your life, your situation, your crisis, your disappointment, your challenge. And you'll go from this room freshly knowing that you're a loved child of God. Bishop T.D. Jakes, one of the great preachers of the earth in these days, said these words recently. I want to congratulate and bless all men that are seeking diligently to be good fathers, biological fathers, stepfathers, and spiritual fathers. And Christian and me and the elders of this church want to say over our guys too, A hearty amen to that. We want to champion the cause of fathering in our church like never before. In a fatherless generation, that people will find the father heart of God and see it example by good, earthy Christian men in Arena Church. As spiritual fathers and examples for the glory of God. For dads today, sometimes in your frustration, sometimes in feeling that you've got it wrong, Run again to the Father. He's with you. He's around you. And he's love you. One writer wrote a great song that says, Father me, 
Forever you'll father me, and in your embrace I'll be forever secure. I love the way you father me. There's no greater place, friends, in all of the world than to know that we're in the arms of the loving Father, purposed for his destiny over our lives in the earth. What a place to be. Why wouldn't you want to live there? Remember, he's not like a father. He is a father. And today, as you hear the word through declaration, as you receive the word by application, I pray that more than anything, you'll see that he loves you, he loves you, he loves you, by revelation, and that you're walking it for the rest of your life. Amen. Amen.